What is going on, everybody? Collective Podcast here, Season 2, Episode 4. We have Vish in the house. Vish, how is life? <laughs> Life's good, man. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's been new with you? I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, I've, there's been a lot of things going on, a lot of good things. Um, as um, you may know some, some or have some idea about, uh, I'm a con- conservative activist, Republican activist in New York City. I know it's like a dying breed out here, but uh, well, I'm Staten Island. <laughs> but uh, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm a Staten Island guy. So um, you know, there's there, uh, I have I have some inroads with that. So I'm trying to do some do some new things, bring some new new ideas around, maybe affect the culture a little bit. Um, yeah. So uh, as of recent, um, I've recently been elected the vice president of the New York Young Republican Club. Big congrats! Thank you, thank you. So, uh, that that was a big, uh, <laughs> was definitely a big win for me. Um, a couple of us got together. We thought, you know what, um, the the youth movement here needs a new scene. So we figured maybe if we ran, tried to run for leadership at this club and take it over, introduce some new ideas, we could get that done. So that's we we did that there. That was about two weeks ago and uh we're already going fast we have a brand new website brand new social media um content strategy we have uh, a couple of socials uh lined up a couple events some cool speakers we're gonna have cat timf and Droy murdoch oh wow okay yeah so we're 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 really trying to step up the game trying to raise the standard of the of the experience and the lifestyle that we're trying to uh provide at the club for other conservatives and, and, and Republicans in New York City who want to get involved or who want to maybe just hang out with some uh, some you know conservatives in their area that maybe they just don't know you know right you're in New York City oh, you, of know, <laughs> you, just, you, have, you don't even know if there's other people thinking like you so we're trying to be more visible and try to give people the the idea and understanding that there is a place for them and you know they can come join us so we're, we're taking new memberships. Visit our website, NewYorkYR.com, um, and you know you could join or just keep up with events and stuff. And yeah, we're 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 trying to build up the grassroots, man. That's the only that's the only right way to do politics in my eyes. When did you first fall into your views? Like, when was that first pivotal moment <laughs> for you that you felt like, wow, I feel like I have a future in doing what I'm doing now? Well, um. You know, it's 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 interesting because I, you know, they they call that there's this red pilling process. As, <laughs> thanks, as, uh, thanks, Candace Owens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm I'm a fan of Candace, uh, I, and you know, she's she's not the first one to really say that. She kind of took that and really made it hot, right? If, if anything, you know, she sort of brought that into the mainstream with her image and her and her identity. Um, but you know, everyone sort of has that story, you know, uh, uh, that story where their eyes get opened or whatever and, and and for me it was a little slow of a process there were a few things that had to sort of fall in line in order for that to happen you know uh first thing is is that uh i've i've always had a job since i was like 13 years old right Got so it. so i i uh i was um you know i used to deliver the staten island advance when i was 13 i was a paper boy when newspapers were still a we're, business we're, <laughs> yeah, when, when there was actually a newspaper and yeah. not like two pages of just nonsense and nothing exactly exactly you know so there you know when the newspaper was still you know alive you know i would uh i would um i was the delivery boy it was like three dollars a week to maintain your subscription i would go around collect and you know it was like maintaining your own business so that was like that that was my experience when i was 13 and by the time i was 16 i was uh already bought 
uh, bussing tables and being a waiter at the Excelsior Grand. Did that? Oh, that's a big line of responsibility over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like that's no easy challenge. Absolutely not. They, you know, they have their own high standards. They were on uh, my sweet, my sweet <laughs> sweet sixteen, and they mm-hmm. had. They, you know, they do a lot of high-profile events on, on the island. You so. probably worked there when the MTV was, like, covering it over there, too. Yeah, no, that, they that was... They had an event there. Yeah, exactly. The the My Sweet... Uh, My Super Sweet 16. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 There was, I was... I, I think I joined a, a right after, like, maybe, like, just a couple months after. Got it. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, uh, did that. I was a I was a high school dropout as well. So like around 18, I, I went to Brooklyn Tech, dropped out. I got you. Um, so... Um, but I've always had a job. I still managed to get into Hunter. I got my GED like as soon as I dropped out. Got into Hunter College. Uh, at the same time, I got a job at at, um, at uh, a doctor's office as like doing electronic electronic medical records and and you know data entry and stuff. And the whole point being that I've always been employed my whole life, like since a very young age, you know. So the the whole idea of work and work ethic and earning your dollar and stuff that's that's sort of like a no brainer kind of like second hand to me. So when somebody says something like, you know, you should you deserve a uh, you know a proper wage even if you don't work, like that doesn't compute with me, you know. And even yeah. and and even like even I, I went through all these you know these jobs and stages in my life where I might have either felt like. You know, I was I was working too hard, or you know the system's beating me down, or whatever it may be. Um, I, I was never really too political in itself, even though I was always interested in politics, and I was always interested in in knowing what's what's going on. Uh, I always considered myself an independent, you know, a free thinking type. You know, um, I didn't I thought I was too cool for to be called a Democrat or a Republican. You know. What I mean? <laughs> like that yeah you know it's like i'm better than that you know <laughs> you know so i always felt that way my my views are what i believe is is better i don't have to pick sides you know <laughs> like, that's that that's that's they're all on my side exactly right so that that um you know that it, that was sort of you know how i how i grew in um most of what i believed was around like hard work and stuff um and then um after uh, I got, by the way, I, I got a, academically dismissed from Hunter. So once that happened, I, I went to Kingsborough Community College. Uh, finally, got my associates in liberal arts over there. And um, uh, around the and, and around the same time, I, I got into some of my own troubles. You know, I wasn't I wasn't exactly a, an angel. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I I got arrested. You know, for some weed and some some shrooms and stuff like that. And that's where my life. Um, really started to uh i would say it took a a slight downturn you know it was a time for me to like think about who i am and and what i'm able to do and and really i didn't have an answer you know so and i'm all i have is you know i was a high school dropout only i'm an associate's in liberal arts like i sound like a a starbucks barista already (laughs) 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 you know so um that that i say the same for christian all the time (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) no you know so um, once once uh, once all that happened, I decided you know what I'm going to go work for my uncle in, in, in DC. He uh, he had a very successful IT uh, software staffing business, and um, this was around 2014. I moved to like to end of 2014. I moved down to DC, and I, I just start learning the trade, like just making minimum wage, living in some some. Can I curse on here? 
Oh, oh, yeah, of course. Some shithole apartment in, like, Greenbelt, Maryland, and, you know, just, just trying to, to, to teach myself a trade. You know, some tool that I could turn around and market and, you know, make myself a professional out of. Um, and that actually, you know, was going well, but there were some things that I started to, you know, working with. My uncle did a lot, his company did a lot of work with the federal government, you know, providing IT services to the federal government. And I was involved in those teams trying to secure that business or trying to find the requirements for that and whatnot. And I got a firsthand view of, like, how you do business with the federal government. Yeah. Mm. And I was just like, this is a scam. <laughs> you know? There was a lot of, there's a lot of funky things that, that, uh, that go on there. You know, um, this is the first place I, I learned of this, this business. I, um, this business, I guess, management idea called uh, capture management mm. and capture management is basically like, how do you find out about certain contracts being happening or being offered before they're actually out there there's like a whole like school of business around this idea of getting information when you're not supposed to yeah (laughs) it's you know it's just like a total it's a totally you know different world out there and you sort of see this like crony stuff happening you know crony capitalist stuff happening you know so um and even then barack obama's president and me i'm just like oh in my mind, I'm just, I'm already I, I have no belief in the government at this point. I'm, just like, I'm like, oh, you know, government's running another scam with all our tax money with these federal things to get their their homies rich or their friends rich. Okay, tell me something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, same old, same old, same old, right? And then you know, another part is you know working in this IT stuff and and um, you know especially with IT staffing and I'm of Indian background, you know, um, Hindu heritage and all that. You know, as you know, a lot of a lot of people that come over here are on H one B visas. Uh, you know, these like genius visas where it's just used to like import a whole bunch of tech workers. Right. Mm. And I sort of got to see the behind the scenes stuff on that and see how that's actually brought brought about and stuff. And I was what what I saw, I didn't really like. Do they move the paperwork like faster than they should? Is it one of those things? <laughs> Let's let's say this, you know, and this is not, this is not particular to any any company I worked with. You know, I'm not trying to you know put put you know anybody under the bus or anything like that. Um, you know, I think this is just like a, a an industry standard once you get into the weeds of like how this happens with these companies. Um, you know, everyone's aware of the lottery system. Yeah. Right. The, the lottery system, uh, but then you find out that there's some companies out there that have like a hundred percent success rate or like a 95 percent success rate on the visas they apply for sound like a lottery to you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a little uh yeah that's nope. it's mind-boggling yeah and you know that's that's one thing and then you know, you know there's other things that you see like you know people sort of like you know fudging uh, visas and stuff like that, or fuzzing, or fudging their backgrounds and whatever, just to just to get by you, you know, USCIS and just get get the v, get the visas, right? I mean, like how many how many software professionals does USCIS have that can uh, vet these people and make sure that they're the software geniuses they say they are, right? And it's like, how expensive is it to keep a team like that always reviewing? You know, so so they don't, you know, or they they just do a very poor job at it. And honestly, you get a lot of people who are coming in on these genius visas. They're not geniuses, and you know they're they're getting they're getting 
buy-in. They're getting in on any other on any other standard except merit, which is what it's supposed to be. It's a merit-based, you know, visa, yeah. and it's and in practice, it's not. And that was like one big thing that I saw. I was like, this can't stand forever. Like somebody's gonna get pissed at this. Like you know, sure. it's just it can't it can't continue. Um, and so that was you know, and and, and so like that that was sort of starting to build up in my mind and everything. And um, eventually, I, I managed to, um, and you know, r- right around and right around the same time, I started seeing all this started to coalesce in my brain, co- coalesce in my brain. Um, Donald Trump announces his you know run for president, and obviously nobody you know for me it was just like the birther guy you know like <laughs> <laughs> you know. so you knew about the commercials before anyone else yeah did. exactly you know I was like. It was like, you know, whatever, Donald Trump's Donald Trump, he's, you know, crazy guy, he'll just do whatever, you know. Um, so then I, I start, um, you know, so then whatever, I put it back to my mind, I'm, I'm over here on a mission in D.C. trying to fix myself, trying to become uh, a professional, you know. And eventually that, you know, that goes well into, you know, December of 2015, um, you know, I finished my first contract with Western Union and whatnot. And, um, and then from there, I was like, you know what, I want to come back to New York. Uh, I want to see if I can find a job out here and, and, um, you know, continue my professional life back home where, where I'm from. Born, I'm born and raised in New York, you know, I don't really know anything else. So, I do get a job here with an excellent company, number one in its space. It's a career, right? Like, I'm, I'm pretty much almost making, you know, six figures. So... And I'm and at that time when I get the job offered to me, it was it was one week before my twenty fourth birthday, or twenty fifth twenty fifth birthday. My one week before my twenty fifth birthday. So now I'm I'm almost like making six figures as a professional, and I'm like twenty five years old. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> and, and it's like January tw- February twenty sixth. Yeah, it's exactly right. From like you know, from nothing to or like at least you know. So somebody with my background wouldn't wouldn't get that far, right? You, you know, just if they come out of college, four year degree and all that, you know, um, put in their work, they would probably have to intern and all that, a couple of years, you know. And now they're twenty five, making like sixty grand. It's a like year. its own category of a cesspool. Yeah, exactly. You know, so for me, I was just like, oh, this if so, you know, if you really want something and you really are willing to put in the work, sacrifice for it, go out there do. It's possible you can anybody can you know fix themselves and you know do good do good for their life and um, you know that 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 was now that's another layer of like you know adding to like how I see the world it's you know because I sort of made a success out of myself now of course with the help of my uncle who said yeah I'll give you a job you can come here and learn and you know but in a year I turned that into a career right right so. Um, Around you know around like I start working the job and it's it's great I'm loving it I'm sitting in a skyscraper in the middle of New York City and all this and and the debates are happening mm. and that's oh what yeah and that's <laughs> the, the the primary debates and all of a sudden I hear like I must I, I think I heard Donald Trump say something like um, he said something to the effect of oh the reason oh, we're all going to be uh, 
we're gonna be fucked soon or something like something to that effect. We're gonna be totally screwed. Oh, Joe Rogan talked about that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember this all day. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna be screwed because the the federal go- the the Fed is gonna raise its rates or something. Yeah. He was talking about how the Fed is ra- was like manipulating the rates and everything to, and we're gonna be screwed when they when they push the button a certain way. And for me, grow, you know, growing up, I always knew about the Fed. I was one of those conspiracy theorist types, you know, <laughs> Fed rules the world, you know, and uh, audit the Fed, right? Ron Paul Revolution. Like, I, I, I paid attention to it. I knew the taglines. I'm not saying I'm, you know, I was like a Ron Paul guy or anything, but yeah. But we all, you know, we all had that idea that like the central banking cabal was like doing this thing, the shady stuff. And when I heard Donald Trump say that, I was like, whoa. This guy's gonna get shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, "That's pretty ballsy." You know, let me keep paying attention to him. And he, you know, and then he started talking about the immigration stuff and how, like, you know, there's a problem with the immigration system as a whole and it needs reform. And then that like triggers me back to thinking about what I saw behind the scenes and a lot of these IT companies and whatnot. And you know. I start putting two and two together, and I start, and I also start seeing him talk about the PC culture, and all that. And the PC culture thing that actually goes back to some. I used to, I've always loved arguing on the internet, even before Donald Trump. I, I have a side question to that. Do you feel like there's always been PC culture, even like decades after decades from before? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's actually what was gonna, you know, it goes. It sort of goes into this because. Even before Donald, you know, anyone thought of Donald Trump running for office or this whole idea of PC snowflake, whatever, I was always one to argue online with uh, with people about stuff. And um, I was arguing with somebody. It was, it was about race, something about race, you know. Um, and it was, you know, even though I considered myself independent, I always sort of like leaned to the left. I voted for Obama as, for, as soon as I could in 2012. Why? Because it was like, oh, well, he's a black guy, I'm a brown guy, and that's, you know, that's like, it makes sense, you know? It's, you know, just a, just a, just a very low IQ way of thinking about it, you know? That's, 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 eventually I come to realize, but, um, what, what happened was there, there, I was arguing with somebody on the internet, and, um, they said something like, well, you know, what, they said something like, white people are, like, um, are, are evil or they're straight killers or something like like you know it was something very i know i heard that it it was just a random like person on the internet i was arguing with them oh you know like lefty like you know just like what i've you know come to realize that person was a leftist and i agree because they they were like on the obamas it was like on an obama poster or something Mm. and they were like uh, they they said something full on support of Obama. I just like questioned it a little, and they brought up this whole thing about like, oh well, white people are doing this and blah blah blah. And and for a moment there, I just paused, right? And again, this is before Donald Trump and all this stuff. Sure. A moment there, I just paused, and I was like, all right, let me let me take out the word white for a second in this whatever this statement is. I'm just gonna replace it with the word black. How does this statement read out to me, right? And I read it out, and I was like that's fucking racist (laughs) you know what i mean Hmm. and then and so i'm like well you know if if i believe racism is wrong and and you know you can't just judge people by their the the color of their skin and stuff well this this statement i can't really let slide i have to call it out yeah so i called it out i was like hey man that's that's racism like you, you can't just go around accusing 
whole races of people of doing stuff, you know, it's, you can't just attribute that to a whole collective of people. And they hit me with the, the, the response was, well, you can't be racist against white people, reverse racism doesn't exist. And that's when I was like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. I was like, wait a minute, you know, there's something wrong here, right? I, I don't know what it is, but... This, like, there's no way that this can go on for too long. You can't talk like that about people for too long without them eventually getting angry. Of course. You know? And uh, you can't... You you, you can't just keep beating on a a whole collective of people based on something immutable, something they can't change, and and then expect them for them to be like, okay, yeah, you're right, we're all (laughs) evil. You know? It's like, it doesn't happen that way. And so I was just like that. That's that. That's gonna. That's gonna go somewhere that I don't really like. So I'm not gonna participate in that, right? So again, and then you know that that was that again. That was all before like I I ha- went down to DC and all that. But that was again something sitting in the back of my mind. Sure. You know? So when Donald Trump comes down and he's like, I'm against you know PC culture, immigration, and all this, and I'm putting it together. I was like, oh man, this guy's the freaking reckoning. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is the right. Re- it's the reckoning. Like there's this is well, UK. When you when you push all your your big problems into like a closet and you're like trying to hide it away, eventually the closet gets because you're not addressing well, it. The closet say- gets bigger and then eventually bursts out and it opens. All your problems spill out. Well, when he said that our culture is too politically correct and like one of the first few like debates. Yeah. It kind of spoke volumes to me as somebody who's more of a middle down the road type of guy, and I'm like, he's got a point. Yeah, exactly. It's and that's you know we we call it, you know, politically correct or whatever. It's it's straight up censorship, right? And you're you're seeing it more and more now. Now it's like out in the open. They're like, you have all these media companies, these tech. Com- really, it's the tech companies that that are the the, the problem of the future. The tech, the the universities and the tech companies. These these two entities are a major, major problem, and you're seeing the censorship play out now, right? Well, look at Facebook. Facebook For, just censored uh, Alex Jones, Milo, and... PJW, Paul yeah. Joseph Watson. And Louis Farrakhan, which was, like, shocking. Louis like, Farrakhan. I, like, wow. I feel like that was, some, that was like, a throwaway for yeah. them. It's like, you're just not banning right-wingers. Yeah. But then it's you can argue, again, that, like, Louis Farrakhan is, like, a right-winger for, like, black people or, like, yeah. Nation of Islam people. So, like... Don't get into the weeds of the ideology. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Don't, well, don't... that was that was surprising to me. <laughs> like I was like, oh, one of these things doesn't stand. Uh, one of these things is not like the other. Which one stands out to me? And it was Louis Farrakhan because right. it was like Alex Jones and, and Milo are kind of like the same. Right. They like troll people. And you know, there's a there's a there again. This is uh this is something that was done in the the creepy line. It's a it's a documentary about like Facebook and Google and how they're like manipulating search results. What we see. And how uh, how they use that to manipulate dem- democracy, right? And the way they convince you that you know that they're not biased in their search results is they won't put all ten as like biased results. They'll put like the top three as biased results, and then like the fourth one as like a, a bias of the other side. And when you see that, you're gonna be like, well, this can't be biased because they're showing me another side. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. So that's so it's there's there's a similar mechanism going on in there when they throw in a Farrakhan in order to wipe out you know Alex Jones or mm. Milo and 
Paul Joseph Watson and Laura Loomer and all these people. Sneaky. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> they're doing it to Crowder now. And, uh, yeah, Crowder with YouTube. They keep pulling his stuff down. Yeah, they're, they're coming. Look, man, they do not. It's 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 all about king making. It's all about, and this is this sort of like gets into, you know, my eventual involvement with politics itself, right? Because, uh, and I'm, you know, we can we can get back to the, about this about like censorship and whatnot because I'm, you know, this is one of the main reasons actually why I joined the movement or why I got active into you know politics. And one of the very first things that somebody asked me is like, why are you here at this like young Republican meeting, right? My very first one I went. To, and I, my very first one that I went to, and what I said was, I, I, I'm a huge believer in the First Amendment, and I believe free speech is under attack. That's why I activated myself to, like, get involved, to do more than what I'm, you know, than what I'm doing now, to, you know, to actually help and contribute to protecting this thing. Um, so, you know, when eventually, uh, Donald, you know, Donald, um, I don't think Donald wins the nomination, but I think maybe Hillary wins the nomination at this point. And the whole, like, Bernie Sanders thing and how they fixed... Oh, with the DNC. Oh, yeah. With the DNC. All of that came out. And I'm not going to say... You know, there was a part of me that liked Bernie as well for being, like, an insurgent, you know, anti-establishment type. Pretty and much a disruptor at that point. Disruptor at that point, just like Donald, right? I'm not... I'm, if I have to pick a Democrat, I'm not a white Hillary. Maybe I'll take a Bernie, if I, you know, for a Republican... Jeb, no, oh, no, <laughs> like oh. I, you know, maybe I'll think about Donald Even Trump. Republicans don't like oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so please clap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, low, very low energy, right? Yeah. So he, so um, the whole thing with the DNC happens, and I'm like, oh my god! And I'm, I tur- I made a Facebook post. I was like, if the DNC is going to do this, and they're going to follow through with Hillary as their, as their candidate. You cannot take this party or anything they do seriously. Oh yeah, right. You have to vote for Donald Trump, just on the the, the pure basis that you can't validate what the DNC did to Bernie and to get Hillary to win. You you can't val- you can't give them a vote. Yeah. To you know and be like you're you're it's okay you can do you can totally fix who I'm supposed you know who who my representative for for president is going to be or for a candidate. You're, you're, you can't just... I'm going to vote for you even though you fixed it. You completely went against the will. I wonder if they're going to get rid of superdelegates th- this they, time around. They changed the rules, so... Again. <laughs> the, this time, what they... That's what I heard. The, this time, what they did was, is, like, they can't commit prior to the... prior to the convention, but at the convention, uh, it can go... Uh, the, the delegates only have to commit to their first vote right so when they they'll have a first vote on you know amongst the delegates who the nominee should be if they can't if there's like a deadlock or there isn't a clear winner then they're no longer uh obligated to stick to whoever they were supposed to represent their vote for they can vote for whoever they want so this this can backfire this can work really well we don't know yet um, and we could talk about, you know, how that might go if, if you want to get into the oh, actual, yeah, sure, you know, yeah. the, the, the Democrat, um, nominations and stuff. Uh, think of a, a nightmare scenario where, um, Kamala Harris, <laughs> imagine, imagine five candidates split the primary results evenly, right? And oh, that means Lord. that, right. Or, or something evenly where they're all like, they all have a good chunk of candidates to come to the convention to negotiate with. Well, the conven- Well, the, the delegates are going to sit in a the room. They're like, okay, everybody vote, and they all vote 
it's 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 dead, right? Because there's five different camps, so it's gonna fail immediately because no one's ha- no one has a, a clear major no one has a majority. Maybe somebody has a plurality, but maybe not enough plurality to actually be the nominee, mm. right? So now, boom, first vote is dead. Now everybody's free to vote for whoever they want. Mm, then it's what a free-for-all. It's, it's either yeah. a free-for-all or the establishment makes all of its phone calls like everybody get behind Kamal. Right. <laughs> you that's, know? A, oh, that's a scary scenario. <laughs> you know, and then nobody gets their Bernie or whatever anyway. Mm. Or their Tulsi or whatever, you know, their, their booty jig or whatever, their, <laughs> or, or whatever, the, whatever the guy, you know, whoever it is, you know. Um, so, yeah, once I saw that, I, I, I made a Facebook post. I was like, if you have to vote for Donald Trump, it, just so you can't val- validate this technique that the, the, the DNC pulled. And everybody, all my friends, you know. He jumped I, on you. Yeah, I, I'm, I went to one of the best high schools in the city. Uh, you know, all, the, all my friends were up there. These are really smart people, you know. Um, don't. Of the, of the upper echelons of, of, of at least the brain capacity, you know, in, in New York City, and all of them turns like, you're crazy. You're insane. What is the matter with you? You would vote for that guy? I was like, you would vote for this this crazy lady and this crazy party that did this crazy thing? And they all know she's been crazy for most of her yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, you can't, like, you know, okay, maybe Donald and Hillary's crazy, but, like, the the, the, the party itself is, like, shitting on you. Right, they're taking your vote and like spitting it out and saying no, you're gonna vote for whoever we say, right? At the very least, like the Republicans, they they it's like it, they it was fair game. It was right. It was clear they right fair game. It was clear that they hated him. The establishment hated him, but the, they still got the nomination. Right, right, because it was, they honored the rules. Right, they. Was, uh, I guess our you know, our primary voters want him. All right, you know. Okay. I guess. <laughs> I guess they they hate him, but they honored the rules. They let the process play out, and that they they got a nominee. The DNC, on the other hand, just you know just took shit on the democratic process. So everyone calls me crazy. I was like, oh my god, you know what? I'm gonna start rooting for this guy Trump. Let's <laughs> start rooting for him. I start losing friends left and right. I was like, you know what? I I can't wait to see the the results. Election day happens, he wins. What a night that was. Oh. <laughs> See, even though on a lot of cases I, I'm more left-leaning, like on, a, on quite a bit of issues, mm-hmm. I even said to myself that night, Trump's going to win. Yeah. Trump's definitely going to win. I mean, I just felt like there's no way that that that, that anybody was going to... First, Americans just don't vote status quo forever. You know, they always want something new, something different. And then um, half of America doesn't vote. And then half half America doesn't vote. Right. We're talking about the and right now we're talking about the electorate itself, right? Like right. The, the the actual voting public. Um, turnout, I think, was if I remember, like fifty seven, fifty four around that percentage of the full who was of able of to vote. Of, yeah. Was able to vote. It was like fifty four, like fifty seven percent of America. And, and it's it, honestly, it's not enough. And if there was a full full turnout, well, I mean, the Democrats would probably win. You know, that's another thing we gotta we gotta consider. Um, but, you know, whatever. The turnout is the turnout, right? Fact of the matter is, Donald Trump won. We knew that there was something wrong with our society, our government. There was a lot of things that were just happening. That were just happening. And now, another thing is the WikiLeaks stuff that was dropping, right? I was paying close attention to that. And I was just like, oh my god, this, this is a freaking, you know, this is a crazy shell game, you know? So... Watching that happen, I was just like, oh, Donald's got to win no matter what. Like, And he wins, right? Now, 
he wins, and I'm thinking, okay, it's all over. Donald Trump wins. We all come together as a nation. We sit down. We figure it out. What, what's going? You know, it gets worse. What's and worse. what? You know, we 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 face reality, and we're like, what's going on with our nation? What's happening? Let's like figure this. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's figure this out. We move forward, right? And the exact opposite happens. Yeah. They like jump into denial, right? And it's not just them. It's the whole like mainstream media apparatus. Like all these institutions are like now overtly. Just turning around, being like, "That guy's illegitimate." Russia. It's still, uh, it's still happening. It's still happening, right? Yeah. Um, they but, got proven wrong, but, and they're like, "Oh, the, the report's not like." Maxine Waters was like, "I don't need a damn report to know that he." That's so, and I'm just like, me, "That's ridiculous." And I'm yeah, just no, like, "What?" From from now, see, yeah. at, this is me seeing this two years ago. Now I'm just like, I'm just like, oh well, you know, of course she says that. You know what mm. I mean? I'm way past the whole. Yeah. I'm way past the whole, oh, that's ridiculous, Maxine, you know, come on. You know, no, stop trying to convince these people. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, it's, they're playing a game, you know? I, as soon as I saw that, that like, everybody's sort of turned up to a level thousand on, on this whole, the resistance, you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> and, and just started combating this president every day, every, on every single front, every day. I was like, "Oh my God, this is not going to end well." You know, I, there's there's going to be problems. So that's when I was like, "You know what?" I googled young Republicans in New York City, and I found the Staten Island young Republicans. Now I have a question: As you're getting yourself into the into the young Republicans, and you're debating with people back and forth, what do you think frustrates you more: people on the left or conservatives that don't like Trump? Um, I think that's a, that's a, that's actually a really good question. I think. I would. It frustrates me more to speak with le, like leftists or or liberals or whatnot. Conservatives who don't like Trump, I under I, I can understand why. But for me, then I what I what I have to contend with is I just have to convince them that the fight is more serious than what they think it is. Got it. Right. That's that's my challenge with conservatives who don't like Trump is that. They're not understanding the depth of the fight, and that's why they 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 can't get themselves to like Trump and what Trump is doing. Um, with leftists, I mean, it's what you're dealing with is like a, a reality distortion field that you're trying to break. You know, that's a, that's a way harder that's a way harder you know lift. You can't. It, it, it's harder to get past that when you know when I. Some my, my my favorite right, especially me growing up. Like I was, I, I you know I was sort of always like an anti-establishment conspiracies and all. You know, I, I don't like the government, right? I don't trust the government. You know, like and a lot of lefties that I know growing up, young, they're all like this. You know what I mean? They're all they don't trust the government. They don't like the government. They don't uh, they think both sides are crap. They, everything, right? It's the Occupy movement, right? Exactly, exactly. So then I turn around to them. I'm like, okay. So why wouldn't you vote for the people who who say they like literally want to give you smaller government, like you know, remove the the government impediments that you think are are authoritarian to you that are they think are ruling you, you know? Oh no, it's that that's out of the question. Instead, they're gonna vote for a party that that literally promises to grow government, right? And so this this sort of hypocrisy is something I just can't. Like, you know, it's it's hard to, to sort of... And I'm telling you, it's like, you, it's like, you don't like government. I am promising you less government. 
why how is this so hard for me to convince you you know and that's um so do you think that with donald trump's election there was a ripple effect that caused people like uh ocasio cortez and the what's her name uh ilham omar to become elected uh, yeah. yeah oh it's yeah. Uh, yeah well dude it's the it's the vacuum right yeah it's the the ultimate signal to look in my opinion, Donald Trump is the greatest president to ever serve. And he got that status the day he won. Right? You have this guy came out of nowhere. He you know, he essentially made very little promises or deals with the establishment and took the highest office in the land. The guy he's if anything He's a trailblazer, a doorbuster, right? And he, he was their donor right. for a long time. He was their donor, too. He was actually, see, the Trump, man, this is where, like, you know, we can argue about if Trump's really establishment or not. Trump is actually one of the first guys to bring billionaires to D.C., right? So he sort of got that billionaire into politics culture started. That was him. Um, but, you know, he he was basically the doorbuster for taking on, a like, essentially hijacking a party apparatus for your own purposes mm. you know um if essentially he he showed that that if you have the right message you don't even need all the money right hillary spent way more money than donald yeah she outspent him yeah, like yeah. Two to one. she had so every connection throughout spent. throughout the political world and oh. nationally internationally he didn't right but he showed you didn't need any of this stuff to win if you knew the people you could win you know um, and he, as soon as he went, he gave that signal, right? That signal of disruption that like, Hey man, I'm in here. So, okay. You got to be a, maybe a billionaire reality TV star celebrity in lieu of being a lifetime politician to get the presidency, right? Well, what do I need to be to be a congressman then? Probably not much, right? Like, the message. yeah, you know, so if you, if you scale that down. Right? What kind, what kind of background do would I if you know if I wanted to run a Trump-like candidacy? What kind of background do I need? And think of it this way too: uh, Trump only has a bachelor's degree. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know that. Exactly, he only has a bachelor's. So if you scale that down, I was like, well, what, 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 what do I need to be in order to be oh, a congressman? Well, AOC showed you could just be Same a bartender. <laughs> you know? Bachelor's degree in political science. Yeah, and she worked for Ted, uh, Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah, which people don't really... Know. Like, I don't understand, like, if you're, like, a real smart political, why you don't put more weight on that part of her background? Like, she knows the game, <laughs> you know? Right. So, like, you know, don't take that away. When you, when, you, when you keep calling her a bartender, you're sort of taking away from her, like, one, one of her sort of, like, tools that she has. From her tool, from her toolbox, and you're like misleading people. Don't, for, don't not tell people she has some political experience. She knows how these things work exactly. as a staffer, and so, so don't take that away from look her. Look how much she's willing to write. I mean, as much as I don't really agree with her for the most part, but the Green New Deal, like she put a lot of that into her perspective. <laughs> like as as much as you want to give her for it, yeah. she had that willingness to like spearhead it. Right, twenty nine years old. It's a it's a brand new. It's I mean, in a, in essence, it's a it's a fresh idea. Yeah, right. The electorate is hungry for new ideas, right? Donald Trump, again, well, uh, I'm I'm well listening to the debate and he's talking about addressing the Fed, you know, it's a kind of a new idea. It's from a Republican, uh, in essence, right? Ron Paul talked about, but he's not a, 
not really a Republican, right. you know, or in, you know, he only is for the debates, right? For the debates, right? But you know, now Donald Trump is a new idea, right? Uh, build the wall, but new. That's a new, you know. I mean, in essence, it's it's really a new idea to like take that and campaign with it. You know what I mean for the presidency. Even most Republicans have been pro amnesty. Yeah, yeah, that's in true. In recent times, in recent times, and I I think that's actually a huge mistake. Um, you know, Reagan did the whole amnesty thing yeah. back back in 84, 84 or something Even like that. Bush did. And I, yeah, and guess what? Where were most of those those uh, those um, illegals that re- received am- amnesty? Where were they living? Do you remember? Do you guys know? California. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah. and guess what? Amnesty happened in what eighty four from the hands of a Republican. And then what continued again from the hands of a Republican and Bush Senior, right? Not Bush Junior. Are you talking about Bush Junior? I'm talking about Bush Junior. He did. He he accept, He started more like accepting more of like the European arrivals from like mm-hmm. all the devastated right. Balkan states and all that. Right? Yeah, that's that's fine. But I, I'm really trying to go back to more of the the Reagan example oh, itself. Okay. The Reagan example is is really important because he gave the amnesty, right? In '84, uh, I think maybe in '88 again he wins California one more time, and then after that, I don't think we ever won California ever again. Mm-hmm. We went blue and like never looked back. Yeah, Reagan was Reagan was the last one, and no, was it Reagan or was it Bush? I feel like I feel like in in like four years the yeah. the state turned blue and, and never and never turned back. Because when right. Clinton won. That's when California was blue, yeah. and then it's been blue, right, ever since. Right, and it's not going back. No, it's yeah. it's never going back. Yeah, exactly. So the way I see it is amnesty. It's like you're giving amnesty amnesty to a bunch of people who will never vote for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, they're not gonna it's like you're you're gonna be a Republican. You're gonna be the nice guy. You're gonna give amnesty to all these people. They're gonna turn around and vote. All against your interests, you know. Right. I don't think that is a. I honestly do not think politically or even on a societal cultural level that is not a trade. Like that's not a transaction you make, right? There has to be a respect there. Um, you know, I don't care how transactional it sounds. What I give you amnesty, you're gonna vote for Republicans. You're gonna vote for Americans. And and uh, yes, I and if you know, I'll, I'll say I'll state it right here. <clears throat> um. So, uh, oh, I do not want to give amnesty to certain groups of people because they don't vote the right way. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, and you know, I can catch heat for that. I don't care <laughs> because it's true, right? I'm, the very few actually actually do vote the right way. You have Cubans down in in Florida, in, in Florida mm-hmm. that 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 vote have like Republican a lot, a good chunk of them. Um, you know they're they're coming directly from those regimes and they're seeing that, you know. But a lot of these like you know, a lot of these illegals coming from Central American countries and stuff, I don't think they they have the same appreciation for freedom and like some of these principles. And I think they just it's not it's not a concept in their culture. I just feel like, and that's why they're not they they don't sympathize or empathize with Republicans when they talk about or conservatives when they talk about freedom and like. You know, principles, law and order, a lot of the stuff they they mm-hmm. don't get, they can't empathize with it because they just don't have a culture of it. You know, so that's 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 my my opinion. If I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm sure I'll find out. But <laughs> yeah. Well, right or wrong, your opinion's validated for something, right? Right. Exactly. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back to the rest of our discussion for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. 
Thank you.